What's up, everybody? We are back on our day off. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I'm your host, David. I am joined with the crew today. Ryan. Pause, move fast once in a while. If you don't stop, you might just miss them. Very good, Ryan. I was wondering what you were going to do. Very good. And Leo. Bueller. So simple, but it works. (laughs) (laughs) So by these men's lovely puns and callbacks, to the 35th anniversary of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. We are actually going to look into it and dissect the film and talk about how Ferris Bueller, as much as we love the movie, is one of the worst human beings that ever lived. <laughs> Worse than Zach Morris? That's a good question. I mean, we can get into it when we get into the yeah, movie, but that's a very, that's a very good question. Yeah. I think I'll take... I think I'd rather hang out with Ferris Bueller. Yeah. That's, and yeah, because we'll, well, yeah, Zach's powers just like stayed in that high school. Bueller's powers transcended like the whole city of Chicago. Like the only thing Zach Morris did was like he made an imaginary band and he sang Friends Forever. I can't, I don't, and well, he is governor now. He is governor of California in the new Saved by the true. Bell. So he did also, do something. If we, if we tie in the second series, then yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so let's get into the news of the week. Um, I know Ryan decided not to. Ryan Ryan is uh decides not to get doesn't like the tease. He doesn't like the foreplay. He just likes the Oscars. So he did not watch <laughs> the Golden Globes. So Leo did. Hell yeah, I did. So I guess <laughs> So I guess we'll I'll guess we'll start off with this. What did you think of the presentation? Um, it, it's, it's, what's funny. Cause like, it's been a year now. Right. And it's like, there's still some things that feel kind of like I'm watching a YouTube, like fan thing instead of like an actual official production. <laughs> um, I think it went well. I think it was cool. I think, I think the little rooms they had with the nominees, um, the fact that Amy and, um, Amy and Tina were in two different locations was pretty interesting, but, um, no huge complaints. I know everyone's doing the best they can. Yeah, I I think I'm the only one here that saw the Emmys because Jenny didn't even see the Emmys. The Emmys did the Emmys did it really well. I think the Emmys were perfect. Um, uh, they actually uh, to save time for for um, for all the nominees, they actually did uh, the Emmys did this. They did all of comedy first, and they did all of limited, and then they did drama. So you kind oh, of I don't. So you kind of don't have everyone just sitting around all night. Um, I was, was going to ask you, Dave. Do they? I, I think they do, but do they change the re- the awards and the order of the awards depending on like what's the most like? like yeah, they I change guess? they change it. They change it every couple of years. Uh-huh. I I suspect like the Oscars will do the same with Chadwick because I I think you know we'll get into it, but Chadwick is probably going to sweep. And usually, lead actor is last. Last year, uh, lead actress was last before the best picture winner. I think we're going to get into the same boat this year. I think Chadwick um, will be near the middle, middle and endish of the show. But I think lead actress is going to be second to last. Um, 
TV side, the crown dominated, and it just made me finally just start the crown because I nice. I wanted to just wait till everything was over. But I, man, it seems like I I can't wait anymore. <laughs> and you and you you binged it, so you you're like just go right. Yeah, no, dude, go for it. Because like, it's funny because like it's it's one of these weirder like time wise because it's it's happening. It's like technically speaking, this royal family drama stuff is still happening today. Oh yeah. So like. I'm wondering if there will ever be a point in time where, like, fiction meets reality, and it's like, oh, oh crap, we have to start making it up now. Um, I think, you, yeah, just jumping on board now will be fantastic. They're easily, they're easily um, digestible too. I and think I, you'll enjoy it. And I'm going to guesstimate that Ryan, you've never seen The Crown. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Comedy-wise, uh, Jason Sudeikis. Um, I want, I want that vibe. I want that vibe, and wear hoodies. <laughs> All, during all my meetings going forward, I feel like his his like his his agent. The only thing his agent told him is like, "Hey, listen, I need you to be awake on a Zoom call at this time." And didn't tell him what the Zoom call was for. And I've never smoked weed, but like, I think he was high. I think everyone thinks he was high. <laughs> and shout out to shout out to um to Don Cheeto when he was like, tell, <laughs> he was like, "All right, let's wrap it up, guy." <laughs> And then outside of that, no real, I mean, no real shocks TV side, I think. I think pretty much everyone that won should have won. Shit's Shits Creek won. Uh, and then Queen's Gambit. Have you guys seen Queen's Gambit? You've seen Queen's Gambit, right, Leo? Heck yeah. That's so good. I assume, Ryan, you have not seen Queen's Gambit. I have not. <laughs> oh, my. It's it's good. I, I Like we said, it'll make chess interesting for you. And then uh, <laughs> to finish up on the movie side, uh <sighs> So Danny Kaluuya won supporting actor, which I love. I'm glad what yeah, I got wrong was uh, was something like that because I just the best performance won. It wasn't, you know how the whole race thing. I was exactly. And I, I think Dave, I, I think I think even when you even when you picked it, I think even you made the caveat of like you knew it was a good performance, but like you're talking like you're making your guesses based on like the politics of where you thought the awards were going to go. And I but like performance, you were right. And ironically, I should have done the opposite of my predictions and i should have done thought of the fact that these i believe ballots were still in hand after the article about the no black members um mm. because we kind of followed a certain trajectory and then we have the sh- two shocks of the night outside of kaluuya winning wasn't really a shock because that was the performance so the biggest two shocks for me was maria bakalova not winning lead uh lead actress in a comedy or musical over Roseman Pike for I Care A Lot. And you saw I Care A Lot, Leo, after the podcast last week. What do you yes, think? I did. Did you like I, it? Um, amazing, yeah. Her performance reminded me very much of Laura Dern in um, in Marriage Story, Story, I think. Yeah, like this like shark, brutal woman that's just like a, a killer. And I'm like, wow, she killed this role. Like she, and there, and like, the, I'm not, not, not to give you too many spoilers, but the movie goes into a very intense and crazy way at place. <laughs> I actually, uh, yeah. I actually would have said if she, the end didn't happen, like the end, end. If that didn't happen, yeah. I probably would have liked the movie least because yes. I think certain things need to happen for someone that does certain things like that. But uh, I totally agree, totally. Agree. Like it's like we can't romanticize this type of person too much. <laughs> um, the Bak- but... the Bakalova loss kind of, unless she wins Critics Choice and SAG, I don't think she may. I think she may get snubbed at the Oscars. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, 
And I think it's more shocking because Sasha Baron Cohen won actor and then Bora won comedy or musical. That I was like, okay, so you're, you're okay with that, but not Maria, Mac- Maria Bakalova, which was the best performance in the movie. I was a little surprised by that. And then the biggest what the fuck moment of the night was, uh, yeah, um, Andre Day went be, yeah, yeah. What the, I mean, I got, I, I was like, what? I mean, I, I thought this was like the one sure thing. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the movie, and uh, I've seen all these movies, and uh, Andre Day is good. Carrie Mulligan is transcendent in this performance, so I'm very, I was very upset. Like, it ruined the night for me, completely honest with you. It completely ruined everything for me. I, I was a bitter Betty after, after she lost. Um, props to Nomadland winning Best Picture. I did not see that coming. I thought it was going to be Trial of Chicago 7, but Chloe Zhao winning Director. Um, I want Ryan to watch Nomadland because I just want him to know what the Eternals, what he should expect with the Eternals. And that, I'll check it out. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're not. You're gonna hate it, Ryan. I'm just letting you know that. Oh, fuck. There, there is. No, I, don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if hate is the right. It's. It's a very. They're gonna be very different movies. Like Nomadland feels like a documentary, bro. Yeah, it's yeah. a. It's a very gritty, real movie. It doesn't have any space at all, which I thought was like a bad decision as far as the filmmaking is concerned. They should have in, included more space, but. Uh, but I don't know if they'll hate it. I think because. There's really nothing that happens the entire movie. There isn't really anything yeah. that happens. Because yeah. I think it's more about just living in this world with these people and like developing them as characters. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that's what the Eternals is going to be. It's going to be more on the um, development of all. Because they need to develop these people because this is the first time we've seen them. And it's a very limited Jack Kirby run. So we'll see what happens with that. I adi- I have read that Marvel is very excited about the Eternals and the final product. So yeah, yes. it's like it's mirroring a lot of like uh, they can think they they're they're really thinking this movie can make a huge dent. But honestly, after Guardians one, I kind of like these are the probably the more my more favorite Marvel movies are the ones that I have no idea Same about here. anything. I I love going in not knowing who any of these people are because it just excites me. Because I I wasn't um, Guardians, I had no idea who they were. So, but the one that I knew who he was, but I never read was Ant Man. I never really read yes. any Ant Man. But I love Paul Rudd, so walking into that, that's why Ant Man really sticks out for me in like my MCU rankings because I didn't expect anything from Ant Man. I just I, I totally didn't know too much. Agree with you, and totally now, agree with you. And I wouldn't say Ant Man is tier one, but Ant Man is definitely something I look forward to watching every time he has a movie. So, mm-hmm. Ryan, do you feel the same way, or are you more like top tier? No, it's funny because I. Um, not to guess what for later on, but I've been doing a AMC rewatch, and I just did Ant Man, and it gets better every time. Yeah, man, it's it's. I don't know. I guess it's just like Leo said. It's one of those with Marvel that the lesser known characters you're just more into. That's kind of why we're gonna get into Wandavision. Why, like, I love Agatha because I had no idea. Like, I knew who she was, but I didn't know who she yeah. was. So Same. everything about her just works. Uh, so yeah, that's the Golden Globes. Tonight is the Critics' Choice. SAG, unfortunately, Leo's favorite award show is going to be pre-taped this year and only going to be an hour special, which is garbage. It's ridiculous. The best part of SAG is everyone getting wasted and actually being themselves instead of being all glitz and glamour. You know what my favorite part of SAG is? You're going to laugh. Is the opening when everyone's like, 
I'm David Gonzalez. I'm an actor. And I'm an actor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it tickles me every year when they get to, when they get to do that. Uh, but yeah, SAG will be pre-taped and BAFTA is obviously pre-taped because it is is it in England. So yeah, so we'll see what happens in the rest of the season before the Oscars. Uh, next up. I don't know why this is the thing, but I know Ryan's happy. The Simpsons has been renewed for seasons 33 and 34. Ryan, I'm going to kick it off with you. Do you actually still watch The Simpsons? No, I haven't watched The Simpsons since probably season 20-something. <laughs> <laughs> Leo, what about you? Do you still watch The Simpsons? Ditto. I, I, I guess I never heard of it being canceled, but I assumed it ended, and I, clearly not. <laughs> it's kind of... um completely different subject matter but um it reminds me of uh i just found whose line is it anyway on hbo max and i used to love that show i had no idea that show went eight seasons (laughs) like with the original cast with the original cast yeah like and in my head i'm like i just felt like that was like a blip in time that lasted like two years but no it went eight seasons and yeah i mean i've been re-watching it and it is hilarious still um so yeah, Simpsons renewed for seasons thirty three and thirty four. I, I haven't watched The Simpsons since I was a kid. To be honest with you, I don't. I'm not. Well, actually, you know what? The last time I watched The Simpsons was when they when they struck the deal with FXX, I think, and like they like, ran like this marathon, marathon of everything. Yeah. yeah, that was the yeah. last time I watched it. Yeah. Um. Next bit of news is more of a. It's sad news, but kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. So San Diego Comic-Con 2021 is going to be virtual this year. And the reason I'm bringing this up on a movie podcast is because San Diego Comic-Con is kind of where we get the first look at a lot of movies. Um, I did the virtual press last year, and I loved it. I may be one of the only ones that loved it, but I loved it. Um, I think the light at the end of the tunnel that I wanted to mention was the fact that they are going to have an in-person event in November. Why is this important? Because Leo and I go to New York Comic Con every year. Do you think that this is good news for the future of New York Comic Con, Leo? Absolutely. I think. I think even even as as we speak, the place we go to for New York Comic Con has been turned into a vaccine center, like a twenty four seven vaccine center at mm-hmm. Javits Center. I think we're inching so close, and I think San Diego Comic Con had to pull this trigger just because of when it's situated in the calendar. Yeah. But like, if they were an October event as well, I think they could have gotten away with an a live a live person event. I yeah. hope so. I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah, same here. I, I I we need our con back, and I just like just being with people. You know, like and do you, Leo knows we meet so many different people during Comic Con, and just like being at these panels and just seeing what's upcoming, it's always a fun thing to have. Uh see, go ahead, Rye. As someone who doesn't get to go to much cons, I enjoyed last year because I get to experience somewhat of the San Diego Comic-Con experience. So yeah. that was fun for me for sure, without having to go sure. and I was able to do it. So that's a major plus of the uh, experience. I told I told uh, Jenny off the line and I want to get your idea, your your thoughts on this. So I I have press. So I it's you know, I don't have to pay for this. So I may be, you know. I'm I'm talking about this idea like I'm going to pay for it, but I'm not. So maybe I'm just thinking too wild here. But here's my thoughts. While I enjoyed last year's virtual uh, SDCC, there wasn't any much any too much too much groundbreaking news outside of like the Walking mm-hmm. Dead stuff. My thoughts is why don't they San Diego should charge $10, not much, $10 to join the virtual con. And what and that with those ten dollars a person, it'll give them, you know, the you know, 
money that they need in resources because it's only three days this year. But you could have, not I wouldn't say Marvel, but have Warner Brothers, have Sony, have these studios come in with news and trailers. That way, you have you entice people to spend the ten dollars to join the virtual con. You get some form of income, and you could have it, and you could have the breaking news that you usually have at cons. Am I going crazy for thinking ten dollars is too much here? No, add a little more and do a Zoom call. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just it's just a way for everyone to make money and keep it exclu- have the exclusivity. Like Ryan, like you'd pay the ten dollars to get every single fucking panel. So I, I'm, it's just an idea that I'm, I'm surprised that they haven't thought of. So, but yeah, San Diego Comic Con 2021, you'll have coverage from me on the on the site. Uh, last two bits of news: Superman and Lois renewed for season two. Anyone shocked here, Ryan? I'm behind, but not at all. Leo, no, I mean, like the first two episodes are super strong. No pun intended. Uh, um, yeah, I'm cool with it. Same here. Uh, this jumps as the best uh, DC show for me already on on uh, CW. Yes, right now it's only two episodes, so but but oh. it's it's very, very, very good. And obviously, having, having, having caught up on Batwoman and Flash, I can tell you, Dave, it is the best DC TV show on TV at this moment. It's fun. <sighs> You're still with this Legends garbage, aren't you? Well, Legends, I love, but I'm not. I wasn't defending Legends there. What were you defending? Flash. I love. Uh, I loved that episode. You I, guys can talk about it. Go ahead. I I didn't watch it, but you guys can talk about it. Can I get spoilers? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, what's his uh, HR's death, dude? That fucking had me in, almost in tears. He's died like three times in this but, show. But this is his actual death. <laughs> That's he, I, I, it, they killed him off so many times already with these and like the, all the other wells. I'm like, I can't. I, there's no. I can, I can't be invested in his death because I don't think it's gonna stick. Oh, they killed wells again. Again. How do you know this is for real, Ryan? The way they did it, and they—I think it's the way they did it—made me feel like this is like it. Well, I'm gonna—I'm gonna catch up because for some reason my DVR has not been DVRing Flash, so I will have to catch up on the CW app. But I'm with Leo. Even without watching this, I think this is Superman is fantastic. And what about that ending? That twist at the end was pretty cool. It was. It was. I mean, the episode was good. I think the episode was good. I think if if you're telling me Flash season one versus Superman and Lois, I think okay. Now we're talking about an actual a competition. Yeah, I agree. The latest Flash seasons, I'm like, eh, I, I like what I'm watching on Superman and Lois more. I even prefer. So if I get like overall, I'll go Arrow season one versus Flash season one and Superman and Lois as like their top tier stuff. But uh, I don't I know th- about. I will Flash. say I think they're in trouble though because outside of of the Flash and Superman and Lois, I think they're running out of content well, that people want to see. Because I, 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 I've officially I tapped out on Supergirl is getting canceled. Yeah, you didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I reported. I reported that. a few months ago. God, Leo, pay attention. Yeah, yeah. that's on me. That's on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why they brought in Superman and Lois because she's she's ready to call it quits. That's gonna be tough. That was possibly like because I mean that's Jenny's yeah. favorite. That was Jenny's favorite show. So, because Batwoman's not going to do it. That I was actually, I was actually going to say, Leo, I've officially tapped out. I can't. It's terrible. 
it's yeah, it is. <laughs> like I give you, you are a saint for continuing, and it's a I show, have... and the show is going to continue because it was renewed for a season three. So, um, last bit of news, uh, another sign of things maybe changing. Fast and Furious Nine moves one month, but a quiet place moves up to May. So I I suspect because they're both universal that F9 moves to June to give uh a quiet place to May. Um I saw a quiet place too about a, a year ago today actually. <laughs> so um I'm wow. glad that everyone's going to be going to be finally able to see it. It's a really great movie. Um I still got to see one. <laughs> you've never yeah. seen a quiet place? Wow. No. Oh my god, Ryan. You have a lot of homework to do. <laughs> a Quiet Place is one of the best horror films of the decade. I would say watch Quiet Place before you watch Nomadland. Yes. Right. Yes, I would say that. They both have Send me a text with all of the movies I got. They watch. both have <laughs> They both have minimal dialogue. Let's just say that. Okay. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, that wraps up with the news of the We're not going to talk about the Snyder news. Go ahead. What's the Snyder news, Ryan? Uh, where's the theme song? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that apparently in the sequel to Justice League, uh, Batman and uh, Lois had a baby. I didn't read too much into it, but didn't you guys see? I think you shared that on our I, chat. Didn't yeah, you I did. I did. Um... <sighs> okay. <laughs> said. said. I'll give you. I'll give you guys a laugh. <laughs> Who the fuck thinks this guy is a fucking auteur and a good director and a good writer? Who thinks of this garbage? Like, what? I- I've seen every DCEU film the same way you guys have. Where has there been any hint that they even have some sort of relationship? Yeah. Like, I can see Wonder Woman and Batman having yes, a kid. Yes, I do. Same here. Um, uh, Yeah, I got nothing. Leo, do you have anything? Uh, I, 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 two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, <laughs> <laughs> and then we're done. Oh we no, we're not. Back. No, we're not. No, we're not. The next, the next thing is going to be restore the Snyderverse, which it's not going to happen. So, I think... we boycott. Uh, what's his name's Batman? Uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. Pattinson? Next Pattinson. Pattinson. Thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah, you you mean they're going to boycott Pattinson? Oh hell yeah, they are. Oh yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. I've already spoken to people that don't like that he's been cast because they think he's still the Twilight guy. So we're still we'll st- we're still there. So, uh, yeah, Snyder cut in two weeks. I will hopefully be watching it March fifteenth. So that the, that Monday, um, I will get a lot of uh, I may get have a beer. I may <laughs> need, I may need a lot of coffee because I really want to get this done in one shot. So that's kind of like the main goal. I I. I specifically have expectations that are fair that this movie will be incredibly shitty, shitty paced. There's no way you can pace a four hour movie. Well, unless you're Peter Jackson and it's Lord of the fucking rings. So four hour movies, like I actually did a research and I'm not going to get into full details on it. Now I actually did a little research. I was talking to uh, JC front of the show and uh co-host of Cinefall Roundtable that there aren't that many four-hour movies. So I actually looked up all of them. Anything that's over four hours, I kind of looked it up to see what's good and what's not. It's very, very little. And it has. And all jokes aside, it's, when you release a movie that's four hours long, that means 
the editing may not even be all there, all there, despite the fact that you're including because you're including every little thing, even the shit that drags. Yeah. Like I, um, the Lord of the Rings extended cuts are all over four hours, with the last one being close to five hours. But you feel like you need everything there. The no, you don't. You ne- <laughs> Ryan. You only sh- you only shit on Lord of the Rings because they shitted on it on Clerks too. So eat a dick. <laughs> I just find them boring. You haven't rewatched them in, I bet you, years. Well, are you a Game of Thrones fan, Ryan? I never checked out Game of Thrones. Okay, because then I would have really called you an asshole. Because if you're a fan of Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings is literally the same shit. So, but no, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I could be completely wrong and it could be a masterpiece, but I'm not, you know, I doubt that will happen. Uh, So, yeah, that wraps up the news for the week. Let's get into what we watch. And, Ryan, I'll kick it off with you since you said you have some MCU rewatch. Yeah, well, like I said, I watched Flash, and we already talked about that. Um, I did some MCU rewatch. I'm up to Ant-Man. I have to say this. So, I got the Guardians 2, and I have an issue with the placement where in the chronological order. Chronological is back-to-back, right? Yeah, like in the time frame order. Because it has Guardians 2 before Age of Alt, before uh, Civil War, but uh, Stan Lee's cameo makes a reference to his cameo in Civil War. Interesting. Because he says, oh, in the time I was a postman. Oh. So I sit there and I'm like, hey, that's not right. Hey, listen, maybe, <laughs> maybe like I said, that's just Mephesto playing games with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, and so yeah so every uh when we're going to be doing a major Marvel thing soon so I'll get into my list then uh we did I watched the last episode of WandaVision which we'll get into mm-hmm. and I saw probably the hardest movie to watch next to Snyder that I'm going to be watching this year what is it Tom and Jerry oh I saw Tom and Jerry too last week after the podcast <laughs> okay oh just hold on just hold on just hold on hold on one okay. second Leah what do you got <laughs> Um, I well, as you mentioned, I watched I Care a Lot with Roseman Pike. Um, really good. Uh, Iaza or Iza Gonzalez is in it yes, too. She's great. Um, but honestly, I think for me, the 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 scene the, the scene stealer was um, oh my lord, what's his name? Dave Peter Dinklage. Uh, Peter Dinklage? Yeah, Peter Dinklage. Oh my god, he was fantastic. He was <laughs> so good, him. so good. <laughs> um, and then I watched. I fin- actually I finished Big Bang Theory in my two episode maximum per day thing. Can Can I ask you? Can I ask you a question? Like, since you're going to talk about it right now, I think, and this is just me personally, I think that show on this binge that I recently did has become like one of my favorite shows, like in my top like twenty shows. It's just a fun series to rewatch, and I think I c- it's very binge worthy. Like, I want to rewatch it again. Am I crazy? Not at all. Not at all. So I, that's what I kind of realized about the show is, um, although I wouldn't put it in my top ten sitcoms or or, or oh, comedy, I wouldn't either. I would put it in my top twenty. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's a really good show. It surprised me. I absolutely started like caring about the characters. Mm-hmm. The finale was so good. Yep. Um, and but uh, but I did realize the reason that you're mentioning it's so bingeable and so like easily consumed is one of the things that drove me crazy about it. There's very little um, season arcing storylines or or um, or changes from one episode to the other that actually stick. I noticed that there's like little continuity from episode to episode other than the big story arc. Like if uh, if if Leonard were to say, 
on in one episode something about like um, oh I'm gonna get a haircut. The next episode, no haircut has ever happened. It's like there's just like it, it felt a little unbelievable in the in the continuity aspect of it. Um, and I was like, oh, that kind of like a little bit of annoyed me because there'd be some decisions that these characters would make that there'd just be no follow through. So, like with, I, um, so let me yeah. let me chime in here. That is a sitcom trope that like I hate too because uh, I love Lucy is my favorite show of all time, and that does the same thing. The Office doesn't do it as much, but they do do it. And a show that I'm currently binging uh, that I'll get into does it all the fucking time. <laughs> So, um, yeah. yeah, I think I think some of those things as, as the I think the TV, the sitcom recipe as it matured, it got away from that. And I think Big Bang Theory may have been one of the, the last, the last standing people from that era. Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really well done show. I was very, very pleasantly surprised. I went into it wanting to hate it. And nah, it, it definitely it snuck up on me. Um, I also watched or rewatched rather um, Divergent Part One Ugh. or Divergent. Yeah, uh, so so Stacy started reading the books. Oh, okay. So you're following. I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna read the books, but I'll watch the movie. <laughs> um, and uh, I, the last thing I watch, other than um, WandaVision, is uh, I watched Minari. Minari. Oh, how'd you like Minari. it? I liked it. It was really sweet, man. Yeah, it was very that, sweet. that little boy was amazing. Adorable. That kid is adorable. Yeah, and uh, and same thing that you mentioned last week that it's 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 cool to see Stephen Young being able to do stuff after a Walking Dead. And um and yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I could see I could see it being a a contender for for some more more awards later this season. For sure. Uh, for me, I am on my I'm on season four, friends. So I feel like I'm. What's happened so far? So I'm gonna give you some uh some quick tidbits. Um, I think Ross and Rachel are one of the worst TV couples of all time. Toxic as hell. I don't know how anyone could sit here and really say that they're like. That those are goals because I I am up to right now I uh Ross uh since remember this is my first time really watching everything through I was thrown a curveball because I'm making predictions as with Jenny as we go along um Ross is getting married <laughs> to a <laughs> to a British chick oh you're at that point okay so her, Emily right that's her name Emily, Emily. yeah yeah so now Rachel wants to be with Ross and again and in my head I'm like. No, you don't. You just don't want him happy. That's that's what you don't want. So the the last episode I just saw was uh, a very much a filler episode. They just had uh, scenes of Rachel and Ross throughout the season, the series so far. Um, oh, because you're getting closer to the season finale. That makes sense. Yeah. So in terms of like the show as a whole, I still I get it why it's so big with like people our age, but I it's it's a good show. It's actually I I won't lie. I you know I. I don't. I wouldn't. You know the comparisons to the office and all that stuff. I'm like, you know, outlandish to me. But like the whole Himium stuff that you know, I'm a big Himium fan. I can see. I like both of them equally the same. Like I, I, I like more characters on Himium, but um, friends, Chandler and Phoebe just make the show so easy to watch for me. Like, and when you the joke that the the thing you the comment you made before about things like just hanging around. And storylines mm-hmm. not going from episode to episode. Literally, there was an episode that I saw two days ago where uh, Chandler, uh, oh my god, Janice came back. <laughs> okay. And Chandler bought himself a plane ticket to uh, Yemen. Yemen. And then, <laughs> and then um, I asked Jen, I'm like, 
oh, so do they continue this storyline? She's like, I don't think so. And then the next episode, he's home. I'm like, oh, that's trash. Yeah, one, one, one two, three, Yemen Street, Yemen. <laughs> yes, that was funny, though. Chandler really is. Chandler and Phoebe are, like, really, really funny. Um, So, yeah, um, I watched that. I will say Go on Friends, like, compared to Himyum, I choose Himyum over Friends just over rewatchability. Like, I can watch Himyum over and over again. Like, I've done a rewatch since it's over. I haven't watched Friends since its original run, and I don't plan on ever doing it. Um, I think I probably I could rewatch it again, but I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. I I think that um for me him I do prefer Himian, but they're both they're both solid. They both have their their uh they're good and bad. Um, I also saw the new Biggie documentary that's on Netflix. Ooh, how is that? It's nothing we don't know, and that's my that was my biggest worry. I'm like, it's nothing we don't know. The only thing I like about this more than others is that they don't just fully concentrate on his death they only talk about it for like a few minutes but it's mostly on his career and his life which is a nice touch it, you know i recommend it but it's you're not getting anything new we didn't know um that i would notorious no i like notorious man <laughs> but as a documentary i like it but i i do i do like notorious um i also went on a kevin smith binge and i saw nice. that nice um clerks is still great mall rats Played better this time. Chasing Amy is still his masterpiece. I think Chasing Amy is perfection. Um, Dogmas. It's funny watching. Go ahead. Just like you mentioned Chasing Amy. Watching Reboot, it makes me want them to actually do that Chasing Amy redo. Yeah. Like from a woman's perspective or something. Dogma is still great. Strike Back is still fantastic. Clerks 2 just always drops every time I watch it. There's stuff in Clerks 2 that just doesn't work for me. Uh, And then Reboot is phenomenal. Um, I also saw, <laughs> I saw Chaos Walking, the new Tom Holland movie. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm going to finish with that and then Tom and Jerry. Um, it's not a good month for, uh, for our boy Tom Holland. <laughs> so this movie was filmed in 2017, so they've been sitting on it for four years. So that can kind of say what, uh, what, everything that needs to be said about that movie. It's not good. Uh, it's. No, it, not, nothing about it works for me. Uh, and I forgot one more before Tom and Jerry. I saw Coming to America. Oh, the sequel, right? Yeah, it sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a feeling. <laughs> like there, I'm not huge on the first one. I think the first one's okay. Oh, I love the first one. Yeah, I'm one of the few that doesn't love it. I think it's okay. So this one may be okay. It has some stuff for you, Leo, that nostalgia-wise. But then the movie is barely in Queens, and that's all I'll say, because I think that'll give away as to whether it's good or not. And then, Ryan, I saw one of the worst fucking movies of the year. Yep. So I'll let you go first. What are your thoughts on Tom and Jerry? Sucked balls. Michael Pena, as a Marvel fan, doesn't work as a heel. Um, 30 minutes in, I wanted to turn it off um, very badly, but Casey wouldn't let me. Did she like it? <laughs> She didn't like it, but she was. She's one of those we see. Like we sat through it. Let's just see it through. Yeah, kind of people. I'm, I'm like I'm with Casey. Yeah, but I, I'm normally like that. But this movie was that bad. I wanted to turn it off. I, like I'm because the choices last night was either Tom and Jerry or continue the Marvel watch. At that point, I'm like, can we please continue the Marvel watch? I need to wash this off of me. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just bad. Like there, like there was nothing redeeming about it. Like I was hoping. Like all the anim spoiler, all the animals are animated. Like there's no 
explanation is just there. Um, and, that's, hoping- and that's fine, right? Like, I'm okay with that because, like, when I watch Detective Pikachu, they're just Pokemon just there. There's no explanation as to why. But True. there's, there's, I'll, I'll go when you, when you finish. Go ahead. There's, there's again nothing redeeming, and I thought, like, I was excited. I thought I'd be excited when they introduced Spike in there. I was not. Um, you know, they had a, the the bet. You know, the only good thing about the movie wasn't even a line, was not even a scene. It was in the very back when he's coming up the subway, and in the back he saw a picture of Droopy. That was the best moment that made me mark out in the entire film. <laughs> five seconds. <laughs> um, for me, um. Two things. One, I hate when movies that, like, example, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Um, people want to go see these movies for the monsters. I want to see these movies for Tom and Jerry to be the leading characters, not supporting characters. Yes. So the fact that the Tom and Jerry are basically supporting, and the movie is basically about Chloe Grace Moretz becoming a hotel manager, it doesn't work for me at all. And most importantly... This movie's close to two hours. There's no reason a fucking Tom and Jerry movie should be close to two hours. Should be a nice 75, 80 minutes max and you're out. So yeah, the movie is not as bad as Cherry. I'd rather watch Tom and Jerry over Cherry. Uh, But it's one of the worst movies of the year. It's pretty damn bad. And I would have actually, and I know it's probably blasphemous, but I actually would have let Tom and Jerry have voices. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. Like, I think they could have done a little bit better when it comes to, like, expanding it for 2021 and having them be the main characters with voices. But, you know, they didn't. This movie reminds me of the Smurfs. It's just going to sit there and then be one of the worst movies of that particular year. And then, yeah, move on from there. And finally, like was, go ahead. Go ahead, right. I was hoping for more, like, Looney Tunes back in action kind of, like, something like that along the lines with Tom and Jerry. Yep. That's the kind of story I was hoping for. Agreed. And finally, WandaVision. Um, Nothing major happened, right? <laughs> well, actually, you're actually not that close to wrong. Um, <laughs> um, no, I just, it just wasn't as... I think we all had so many crazy freaking fan theories that there was no way this show was going to deliver on all yeah, of them. Yeah, <laughs> so like for me, I, I thought it was an excellent episode. Like, if I'm mm-hmm. critiquing this episode, it was excellent. They did some stuff I did not like, but I walked into this episode the way I walked into The Last Jedi. I'm not going to live on theories. I'm going to enjoy it for what it is, and that's it. This makes some questionable choices that I found a little bit weird. Um, before we get into those, just like overall thoughts, I know, Ryan, were you big on it or you were you so-so? I was big on it. I enjoyed the shit out of it from beginning to end. Like I was hooked. All right, and Leo, you were the one that was a little bit more meh on it, right? Yeah. So like again, it's like um, it's funny because I think my 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 initial reaction to Dave was Mandalorian's finale was better. Agreed. Um, and I think that that's and I think that's Agreed exactly. Too. And this is coming from like you two are more like Star Wars heavy than I am. So for me to come out and say that it's like, oh damn, I, I'm I'm a little disappointed. But Mandalorian's finale was just that good. It delivered on so many parts of like the nostalgia with the crazy cameo. And I think when I came into WandaVision's finale, I was expecting it and expecting it and hoping for it. 
and it just never came. Even even the rumored Cumberbatch um, uh, cameo, which I was like, oh, at, at least I'm getting the Cumberbatch cameo. Even that didn't come. And I was like, oh, man. But overall, I think it set up phase four, I think. Phase four. Yeah, I think it set up phase four crazily well. I think um, we were, I think the three of us probably already see some things that they're grooming already for like uh, big bads in in the next Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. Um, but I think it was just one of those things where like, I, I let my expectations get the best of me and I I, I can't get over how amazing that suit looks though. That new one, the new one, Scarlet Witch suit is incredible. She looks like her daddy. She does. Mm-hmm. Like a lot. Um, I will say what I didn't like. I, I can say like, you know, I admit when I'm wrong, I guess we were all taken for a ride with Evan Peters. Yeah. Right. I was wrong. Then I was right. Then and I, I wish was, I was wrong. <laughs> I, I feel like this is worse than the Mandarin. No, 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 no. Go. I know you don't think so. <laughs> I know how you hate, I know how much you hate the Mandarin. <laughs> here's my thing here's my thing all right so the mandarin there is no why i think this is worse is the fact that the mandarin wasn't anyone that we had a other portrayal a previous portrayal of so the reveal while it sucks it's not like it was a well it was a waste of the of the actor but it wasn't anything that we walked in with preconceived notions as to who this person is because of previous iterations. Evan Peters killed it as Quicksilver in the Fox Marvel verse. So when he walked in here, I'm I'm in my head, I'm like, okay, this, this works. And I, you know, when he first debuted, I'm like, oh yeah, that's great. Let's see what happens. And for it to go in the direction that it went, and then the fact that he wasn't even a bad in terms of like she he wasn't even working with Agatha. Yeah, I Ralph. think yeah, it was just some <laughs> guy named Ralph. For me, that really, really stunk. Like it really, really stunk. Uh what do you think, Rye? I agree it stunk, but the fact once we knew that it wasn't actually him, you know, it's like, okay, how are they gonna get out of it? I'd rather have been someone than just a figment of her imagination, I guess. You know, it's whatever to me. Yeah, so I mean, I assume before we get to Leo, I mean, Pietro's dead. That's it. Pietro ain't coming back, right, Leo? Uh, so and I think that's the thing too. Like, I don't know if there's gonna be maybe like a post-credit scene once upon a time where they show that maybe this was like something else underneath the uh, like the guise of of being Pietro. Um, he could come back. I mean, there's, I mean, it's I don't know. There's, it's it's comic books, right? Anything. No, can yeah, happen. it's true. I'm, I I liked it, to be honest. I liked the twist because of the fact that people, like, you can't, they want to have everything right now. Like, no, all right. Marvel fans want to have Fox Marvel's best stuff and the MCU together. You can't have both. Fox Marvel messed up more than they did good things. So when the MCU takes over, they need to start from scratch. They kind of gave us a little bit of, like, a satisfaction. I'm like, oh, some Fox Marvel nostalgia in this. But for the most part, Disney's going to want to wipe that slate clean. Like, mm-hmm. they may do little things like this every once in a while where they kind of remind you of, like, Patrick Stewart as Professor X. Or I think Deadpool will probably be the best bet for that, where they have a lot of these call-outs of what the Fox Marvel Universe used to be. But I don't see them keeping many of these cast members in their, in, in their current roles. And I think they're going to want to do a best part of just, like, 
this is it. This is the this is the most you're gonna get. You're a hundred. You're a hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. You're there. I you nailed it. Once this, this is the one that I wanted the most because I knew they were just gonna recast uh, Magneto and and Professor X. This is the one I wanted, and the fact that we didn't get it. Okay, I'm like they really aren't gonna bring anyone back. There's no reason. And they gave it to us. They gave it to us kinda right. It's like for oh, like two man. episodes. Yeah, for two episodes. Yeah. They're like, no, then we'll tell you what we're really going to do. Um, the other thing I hated, and we'll get to some some of the stuff that you know we did like. I am, I love the MCU, and I think I told you this off the line, Leo. I, I think that Vision, White Vision is Vision now, right? Do you guys agree, Leo? Yes, 100% yes. Right, do you agree with that? 100%. Okay, so here's my two cents on this. I don't like that Marvel keeps retconning their deaths. Yeah. I I you got to have some stakes after a while because after you're just not going to I mean Marvel's still going to make their money so it doesn't really matter but like I feel like they always they can't just keep anyone like in the in the universe dead. So in my in my mind I'm like that's cool. I do love Paul Bettany. He's been there since the start. It is what it is, but like at the end of the day I'm like Man, they really love Rick. I I wonder how, if they're gonna try to get out of ScarJo. Like, could they get out of that, Leo? Do you think? Ah, uh, if they, I mean, I don't. It's crazy because like I would have to call back on anything that I know about comics. So clearly, the answer is yes. Yes, yes. Like <laughs> Black Widow has died in the comics and has been brought back. Like, so like I, I it's, it is absolutely possible. Um, I wonder. I just wonder if Scarlett Johansson. I think it's going to be like one of those things where like Scarlett Johansson, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., right? Those three main actors that will have to make a decision on whether or not their stories need to be revived or whether they're just like, you know what? No, leave it alone. Because like they're not going to bring back either character without those three actors deciding to come back. Yeah, and I think the one that would piss me off the most would be Tony. I agree. Mm -hmm. I would legit be angry, and like I I wouldn't stop watching it, but I'd stop taking the whole Marvel verse seriously because that that death means a lot in terms of like the whole build up to where we started and where we ended up. So I kind of would hate that. Um, Now stuff like go ahead, go ahead, right? No, it just reminds me of the joke in the DC Robot Chicken episode where they're at a funeral and then the guy who they had the funeral for is in the back. (laughs) Now in in terms of. big bad because i don't think agatha was really i don't even consider her a villain she just wanted to really absorb and understand the scarlet witch's power this this sword dude he's bottom tier marvel villain right leo oh you mean like the um the like the agent the one that was yeah. like running running sword I, I think i think so yeah i don't yeah. think I, I don't think there's any comic book uh history with him what about you Roy? what do you think of that no i agree yeah, he is dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Um, I'm glad Darcy was back. Although Kat Dennings was funny when she goes, oh my God, have she... a fun time in prison. I, yeah, I love yeah. her. I was wondering where she was. I was like, oh my God, when is she going to show up? And when she did, it was great. Um, what do you think of that cameo, Leo? It was great, right? What, the Kat Dennings cameo? No, just a cameo. The cameo that was promised. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, man. Bentney. Bentney's an ass. He's such an ass, but well played. Well played. I mean, the, his wordplay was perfect. An actor he's always wanted to play, like, he's always wanted to act with. And kudos to you. You called it. Well, it's funny because it, like, it was at the very end of like the, everyone's theories of who it could be, who it could be. And like the show was almost ending. 
like I started going online and there was like so many theories. And I think I told Dave that there was like, there's a website that had like a list of Bettany's um, acting credits and like the other big actors that have been in those movies and like Pacino's name got dropped in all of a sudden for like who it could be. Like I was like, Oh, maybe Pacino's going to be Mephesto. And then I saw one little thing where it's like, what if it's just himself? And I'm like, Oh my Lord, is this piece of crap is just going to make it himself. And he did. And it was hilarious. Um, and I guess finishing up the post credit scenes, a two one. So I got vibes of something, Leo, and I want you to tell me I'm wrong. Uh, the first post credit with the scroll. Are we getting secret invasion? I think so. Yeah, that's that's actually what I what I um what I started reading up on too. Like I think Secret Invasion, if I'm not mistaken, may have been one of those last Marvel shows that got tagged on at the very end, kind of like like She Hulk, I mm-hmm. think. So there, there might be a series on Disney Plus called Secret Invasion, um, starring Nick Fury. So I do think this is where this is leading to, though. Scrolls and Space and Fury and now clearly Monica Rambo. Yep, I agree. What about you, Ry? And when he was pointing up, when he was pointing, he was pointing to that station that they're in, right? That's what he meant. That's what I think. Space yeah. in general. I think the station. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I assume this is leading to us. Secret Invasion and Captain Marvel too, mm-hmm. so I think that I can see that they're probably going to build into that so-called. I think they have beef, uh, Carol Danvers and Monica. So, uh, and then the other one is kind of more of what's coming in the MCU for the next couple of years. Uh, we have, I think, we have our big bad. I think Leo and I talked off the line. I think Scarlet Witch is our big bad. And I, I jokingly said off the line, Ryan, I didn't say it to you, but uh, I told Leo, Kevin Feige just put his meta- metaphorical balls on the table and said, this is how you do the Dark Phoenix story. And I didn't even need the fucking X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> because that shot of Wanda was fantastic. And what you mentioned something, she had Darkhold, right? Her connection with yeah, the Darkhold. Yeah, the book. The book yeah. is the Darkhold, yeah. So I suspect she'd be the the big bad of Doctor Strange in the multiverse, because I think she's about to fuck shit up. Uh, what about you, Leo? What do you think? Yeah, I think you're, I think you hit it on the head, and kudos to you, because you've been calling out, I think she's going to be the big bad. I think she's going to be the big bad. I think she's going to be the big bad. Yeah. You've been calling that out for weeks, and like, I think this is literally like the... Yeah, that, that's, that's, I think that's where they're, they're, they're leaning. To be, to be fair, it's, it's Wanda doing extreme things to try to get her family back that can be disastrous to the world which is why she's the big bad mm-hmm. i don't think she's like turned heel yes yes um i do think I, and I told dave this too that this brings up a lot of cool possibilities for where the mcu goes from this you want to um, like, you want to throw out the x-men thing you told me yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things I remembered, one of the most classic um, Scarlet Witch stories that kind of like in the in the comic books helps define how powerful she can be is the um, the House of M. And in the House of M, what happens is Wanda is distraught and depressed after Pietro is killed, and she she ultimately realizes that a lot of like her her problems are due to like mutants and the mutant world. So she ends up whispering the phrase "No more mutants." which takes away and depowers the, all the mutants on Earth, except for like 198, but pretty much wipes out all mutants from the Earth. Um, so I was telling Dave, how cool would it be if they do this kind of homage to that scene, and instead of her saying something like, no more mutants, she whispers something to the extent of like, 
powers or mutant powers and that awakens all the mutants on earth and i was like that would be a cool little like it would be like right aligned with what marvel's with the mcu does it's like they kind of take moments and kind of twist them a little to make them like movie movie movified um i thought it would be cool um i mean obviously that's up to them but i thought it'd be a a potential way to reawaken or to awaken mutants into the into the into the movies yeah i i i like this a lot because technically, by the purest definition of a mutant, the twins are mutants, right, Leo? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, as far as we know, from everything we've, all three of us have pieced together and all the movies that we've watched, all we know is that Pietro and Wanda volunteered for experimentation with the Mind Stone. Many others also volunteered, but all died. Only Wanda and Pietro survived the experimentation. And now, because of WandaVision, we know Wanda had some, like, dormant witch powers. Mm-hmm. Which means Pietro must have had some dormant, some kind of stuff in his DNA as well. Yeah, and then so it means like and then and then the boys are mutants by that definition as well, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they were. I mean, the boys are a whole different world, right? Cause oh, like, yeah, that's another. They, that's another story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's another story. Yeah, it's funny because I think this phase, the next maybe two or three phases. You know how the first three, four phases was dealing with like. um technology and stuff like that i think magic may be the biggest focal point of this yeah next couple of years something i read maybe a couple of hours before coming on the show today was i didn't know but the dark hold the book in the comics it's the reason vampires exist oh it's like the dark hold might take a place exactly it might actually even play a part in the the new uh the new series or the new movie with blade nice so Uh yeah wandavision's over uh, we have a week break, and then we have... Hold on. Oh, what's up? Uh, I got some news that, according to We Got This Covered, there was a deleted scene with uh, Doctor Strange. I was left on the cutting room floor. wonder why. Did they say why? I didn't see why, and it just says strange because we're all the scheduling issues and COVID and everything. It's funny that they would leave such a scene on the cutting room floor. Yeah, it's funny, right? Because I, I remember, I remember it hearing about this cameo as like a sure thing, like one of the one of the few sure things about yeah, the finale is same. that it was going to have this cameo. Yeah. So like when it never happened, I'm like a little bit bummed. Thankfully, you shared that article, and it looks like I'm not, we weren't the only ones that were like really surprised that not to see it. Um, mm-hmm. I one thing does kind of stick out to me that it may be a reason it got cut. So I don't know if you guys remember a few weeks back around like episode four or five of WandaVision. Um, I think the show was like starting to get its legs. People were starting to like really love that twist. Um, they started saying that Disney Plus was contemplating releasing a 10th episode. And they wasn't certain. It wasn't sure. Like nothing was coming. I'm wondering if they cut that scene now and maybe are planning like a in the middle episode out of like or a special some sometime before um, before uh, multitude or multiverse of madness comes out, and I'm guessing that scene might be, play a part there. Um, I love that. I love that a lot. Um, I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, there is a little break. I think like a two week break because Falcon and Winter Soldier is only six episodes. Oh, so I think in, I think in between because Loki starts in June. So I'm thinking we're going to get some maybe something like that. Or we finally get. I'm pretty confident we're getting Black Widow on Disney Plus in May. I'm like very, very. I feel very confident about that. I think it's going to be a day and date release, and we'll get it on Disney Plus in May. 
So yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So that wraps it up. Falcon and Wonder Soldier starts next week, and I'm hyped for it. Uh, let's get into what we're here for. Ferris Bueller. Yeah, it's funny because we're probably are. all we're probably all going to take off of work so we can watch these series. And like the man <laughs> that's really good at taking off of school is our boy Ferris Bueller. Uh, Bueller. Yes. Uh. So production wise on the movie there's not really no controversy nothing like that so uh as he was writing the film in 1985 john hughes kept track of his progress in a spiral bound logbook he noted that the basic storyline was developed on february 25th it was successfully pitched the following day to paramount studios uh the chief ned Tennant. Tennant was intrigued by the concept but worried that the writers guild uh was hours away from picketing the studio hughes wrote the screenplay in less than a week so pretty, pretty crazy. The funny stuff, and I, I, it kind of makes sense in terms of the, um, the, what age worse in this movie. The first cut of Ferris Bueller's Day Off was two hours and 45 minutes. What? Oh, wow. Listen, there's a lot of shit wrong with the time frame of this movie. If it was two hours and 45 minutes, I think I'd buy a little bit more of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd rather I'd rather fans petition for this cut of the movie. Like, this, is the cut, this is the cut I want to see. The Bueller cut. I, I'm I'm all in on that. <laughs> Hashtag Bueller cut. Let's go, people. For sure. Uh, I'll get more into the casting news when we get into our fun facts. But yeah, no no real issues with the production. The movie, the budget was five point eight million. The movie made seventy million, seventy point one million dollars. Uh, in terms of trophy room, Broderick was nominated for a Golden Globe in 1987 for best actor in a motion picture comedy or musical i i would have to go back and see who won but i could have see a world where he should have won that so <sighs> this should be fun age best ryan i'll kick it off with you uh fourth wall breaking nice oh man i thought i was gonna have that one by myself good stuff <laughs> right <laughs> Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around, you might just miss it. Love that quote. Ben Stein and Cameron's progression. What about you, Leo? What do you got? Solid picks, man. Um, playing hooky from school and from work. I think that age well. Even even years later, everyone knows that that's, that's the best hooky day ever. Um, it's it also parents being too busy to take care of their kids. Uh, they are super negligent of their children. <laughs> Uh, computer hacking for your school records. <laughs> you think? Uh, yeah, I guess that's age best. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, it's funny because like back then, it's like you know, this is super like nerdy and like to com- like looking at that computer. I'm like, this is super old. But like the concept of hacking school to uh, alter your records, I'm like, huh, okay, that's actually they made whole movies about this stuff. Um, children or teenagers at this point insecure about their future. Because I think at the heart of this film is three three teenagers that are like really unsure about what their future holds, um, and I have breaking the fourth wall because I think that aged really well. Yeah, I agree. Um, age best. So this one is a little bit because um, I really do like a lot of this movie, but age best I have suckering parents with a fever to stay home from school. No, I don't think he. No, he didn't use the. No, fever. no, clammy hands. Clammy, clammy hands. hands remember? You're right. Clammy, clammy hands. Because he didn't want to risk going to a doctor. To a doctor. You're right. Go. That's one of the first rules in red text. <laughs> Cameron, all of Cameron. That age best. Yeah, that. Pref- that yeah. yeah. Edward. Mm. Edward Mooney, the principal, not the actor, because we don't talk about the actor anymore. Um, let me see what else do I have here. 
reversing oh no that's age worse uh, let me see the entire museum sequence i actually really dig the whole score throughout that sequence i like it a lot uh, i've been to that museum and that painting that they stand in front of is so popular when you go to that museum i i feel the like the, the three the one that the three of them are standing in front of yeah it's so popular nice. Um, the use of Star Wars, the Star Wars score in a Paramount film. That's a ballsy fucking move. I don't know how (laughs) they got away with that, especially because all the Star Wars movies were out at this time. So I have no idea how they got away with that. Um, I love the final sequence of, of Ferris running through the houses. That's really solid. And the, uh, the bus scene, the bus sequence at the end. All right. Age worse. I'll kick this one off because I have questions for you guys and I hope you guys have the answer. <laughs> How does Ferris manage to make a 1 p.m. ball game after having lunch at 12? I'm not sure the distance in between the two, so I can't tell you. Yeah, <laughs> this, is all, this is all in Chicago, so I have no idea what that is. I'm, but, take, yeah. I'm taking to account Chicago traffic. There is no way they make it to that game. Another big question. How the fuck do they do everything that they do in the span of, what, six hours? Six hours. It wasn't even like a full 24 hours. They do this in an afternoon. <laughs> because I guess the only the only scapegoat you can use there is the fact that um, it's till 6 p.m. because his parents get home at 6. So I guess if you want to use that, scape, that, that scapegoat of it being... Um, Oh wait! But didn't the mom have to leave work to go pick up the daughter at the at the at the at at, at I guess in the precinct? So maybe they got home at seven or something. It may be. I it it's interesting. Um, reversing a car to lose mileage in, in a speedometer. <laughs> I don't know how that's age well, and just as a whole, MTV because Bro. they they it feels like a very much an MTV generation movie especially with some of the shots of MTV as well and obviously MTV is not a music channel anymore so no. what do you what do you got right um complaining about getting a computer uh <laughs> peer pressure to Cameron faking a death GTA on both the kids end and the other guys end and Cameron being a peeping tom oh yeah oh by the way I do have some other questions that I forgot to ask you guys and Leo as a sports fan why is Cameron wearing a Red Wings jersey in Chicago? Dude, I've always wondered this. <laughs> You'll find out on the Ferris Facts because I do have the reason why. Also, why are we wearing hockey jerseys in June? There you go. All right. What do, you, really what do you got, Leo? Uh, age poorly. I have um, all the answering machines in this movie. Yeah. Because uh, no one's reachable by cell phone now because it's an older movie, but answering machines. Um, I for some reason I don't know something about the way that um, that Grace the assistant says sportos motorheads geeks sluts bloods wastoids dweebies dickheads. I love Grace. I love something her so much. about the way I love her character too. But something about the way she delivers that lines. I'm like I don't know if this would fly nowadays. No, I don't... no, no, not at all. <laughs> um, lying about death in the family. I, I personally I think that's terrible. And I think yeah, right. That I I totally agree with you on that. No, yeah, for sure. Um, the Principal witnessing the father and daughter making out and not reporting it to the <laughs> <laughs> um, Bueller being condescending to the parking attendant. That's a little bit. Was eh. it? Yeah. I, I, well, I guess that he assumes that he doesn't speak the language. Oh, and then gotcha, like the, yeah. And the, the attendant even takes him. He's like, what country do you think we're in? Yeah. Like, he takes, <laughs> he takes offense to it. Um, Bueller punishing people who are just trying to do their jobs. Yeah, that is true. Like, 
like the guy at the restaurant, the principal, like they were actually both doing their jobs very well. And they're, yeah, they're just victims now. Um, gym class, having people run outside, I think is not a thing anymore. No, 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 not at all. I don't think, um, I don't think kids running outside as a whole is a thing anymore. As a whole, as a whole. Yeah. Because none of these kids are holding cell phones. Um, at the museum, strange adults holding hands with the children on a field trip. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I actually will say, um, when I was a kid and we went on field trips, the parents would hold the kids' hands. So that, yeah, this, that, that, this is, this is definitely something that's age worse because you don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, and I have two more. I have, um, no cell phones documenting Ferris's antics. Because this would never be able to happen today. Never. Never. Someone would catch a video of him doing something and text it to the principal or text it to his parents. This would never fly. And it would be a hashtag for Bueller. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Hashtag Stay Ferris would have been trending throughout the whole East Coast. Yeah. Uh, And the one thing that always bothered me, I never understood it. Even after rewatching the movie, I still don't understand it. But the police not taking Genie seriously. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's true that's true like, the girl's telling you yo some strange man was in my in my house and all they care about is her brother being sick i'm like yo like this could be serious but yeah that's what i have aged poorly great all righty so that guy award the joe spinell award i went with lyman ward ferris's dad there was a I, there's a lot of people in this movie and a lot of them had really solid careers after and the only other one that I would say ever might I would come close to say yeah this I this this is just the guy from Ferris Bueller would be uh, Edward Rooney, but I know him from a lot of other movies so I went with Joe, with uh, Lyman Ward. What do you got, Roy? Mia Saros. You want Mia Saro? Yeah, I don't know her from anything else. You know she's the first live action Harley Quinn, right? Yeah, she was. Birds of Prey. Yeah, well, this is. I forgot about that. <laughs> I mean, this is better. <laughs> what do you got, Rob? I mean, Leo. Personally, I got Ben Stein because, like, most people know him as a gift from that movie, which is best. he was in the mask. God damn it! He was in the mask. <laughs> yeah, he's the one who. Uh, uh, what Jim Carrey brings the mask to to try to get the history oh my behind it. I like, don't remember that. Good, good pull, Rye. I don't remember that at all. I love um, that movie. I remember that every inch of that movie. Detlef Schrempf, Sixth Man of the Film Award. I went with Alan Ruck with a special shout out to Edie McClorg as Grace. But Cameron is Cameron is so fucking great in this. Uh, who did you go with, Leo? I actually went with a split uh, because of you know the, the man we don't speak about very much anymore. Uh, but Principal Rooney and Grace I have as my Sixth Man. Yeah. What about you, Rye? I went with Alan Ruck as well. Yeah. Um, there's no crying in baseball. No one cried here. Um, Becky O'Shea Icebox Award. Listen, Alan, this is a tie because there's no way he's the six man and the MVP, Alan Ruck. But despite Ferris being a terrible person, Matthew Broderick is so good in this movie. So yeah, I went with those two. A nice little tie there. What do you got, Ry? Matthew Broderick and Leo. Alan Ruck. Yes. I mean, no, there's <laughs> no denying how great that is. Um, Peaks and Valley. Peak. You could say Mia Sarah because of uh, Birds of Prey, but no, this is it for Mia Sarah. This is her peak for me. Uh, who do you have for peak, Rye? Cindy Pickett. Who? Katie who? Bueller. Oh. Oh, okay. The mom. The mom. The mom, the mom. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about you, uh, Leo? And this is a technicality, but I'm with Matthew Broderick. 
so even though his career took off after this with um, with Tony Awards and Emmy Awards, this was his oldie. This was his only Golden Globe nomination. That's a good one. So, yeah, that's a good one. So For, as an actor taken seriously, I would say this was his peak. Interesting. That's a good. That's a good pull because he's not my my valley. My valley is actually Alan Ruck because he's currently on Succession, <laughs> so he's really like hitting a stride of his career now that that uh he's really doing big things now so i went with alan ruck for my valley uh what about you right i went with charlie sheen oh uh, good one I, ca- I can't do charlie sheen man <laughs> i can't what what uh, about my, you leo my valley i went with jennifer gray and like oh I think duh, dirty movie, dancing was after this yeah, you're right yeah. the movie that literally the movie after this was dirty dancing so like yeah that's no, no lie i can't forgive her for getting a nose job that's her yeah, son. man. And it's funny, like, after this, Dirty Dancing, Nose Job, marries Phil Coulson, divorces Phil Coulson. It's and funny Sam. because she's on Friends, I believe, early on. And uh, Jenny was letting me, she's like, you know who that is, right? I'm like, no. Yeah. She's like, that's Jennifer Grey. I'm like, no, it's not. And she's like, yep. yes, it is. She had a nose job. And I'm like, why? Like, that made why? her, honestly, like, I always thought Jennifer Grey was pretty. Like, I thought mm-hmm. she, and you know the the nose was part of it like it just made it gave her a distinct unique look i thought she was very pretty so i was shocked that she uh bummer she, yeah she, you know what she reminds me of like today jenny slate yeah yeah because slate is a pretty girl too she's a like, very it, pretty girl yeah she has you know nose is a little on the on the larger side but it doesn't matter she's it's part of her look and i think jenny slate is very very pretty former mrs captain america too right leo <laughs> yes. Yeah. So before we get to our facts, I did. I know that Leo's looking forward to this. We're gonna have a little segment called "Is Ferris a Terrible Person?" <laughs> so I I do have a few things here, but I did want to say some of the crimes that Ferris commits during the movies. Here are some examples: hijacking the school computer, joyriding Cameron's dad's car. Impersonating Abe Froman, the Sausage King of Chicago. <laughs> Hijacking a parade. Um, I will say Ed Rooney does commit crimes too, but... Uh, breaking and entering? Yeah, breaking and entering. <laughs> but f- before we get into the other stuff about Ferris, Ry, do you think Ferris is a terrible person? Terrible is a little strong, but he's not the best. <laughs> I think, Lil, you're going to say he's terrible, right? Oh, he's terrible. He's egotistical, selfish. He's a narcissist. He's absolutely terrible. This whole movie and the reason that Cameron Fry is number one and the MVP of the film, his buddy is sick at home, recovering from an illness. And all Ferris can think about is, yo, I want to go out and have a good day. Um, Get your car. Like, nah, bro, that's not cool. You're a terrible friend. You're a terrible person. It will say, like, Cameron, I think, has... I think Cameron is more of a lead than supporting because I think he has the best character arc throughout the whole movie because he's the one that learns the most throughout the entire movie. Ferris doesn't really change from the beginning to end. No, um, if, any, if anything, he just reevaluates... Like, he just validates the fact that he can get whatever he wants whenever he wants it, and it doesn't matter who he hurts. Yep. Um. All right, I have some reasons here why I do think terrible... To, uh, Ferris is terrible. He takes advantage of his parents. He consistently lies to them. Um, his we, parents seem pretty cool too. Like they seem really easygoing. Yeah, like if he if they if he asked, "Hey, mom, can I stay home?" They look like the type that would say, "Yeah, take a day off. You're 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 fine." But no, he has to lie to them on the regular. And listen, we all lie to our parents, but Ferris takes it to like eleven. I think he ruins Sloane's like 
high school career. I agree. Um, what else do I have here? He tricks an entire student body to thinking he's sick. He makes his best friend a third wheel all day, which we talked about. He ruins the entire parade outside of taking over. He makes his girlfriend hit on his dad, which, Leo, you didn't talk about. He's the reason his sister has a crush on a drug addict. He is. Uh, What else do I got here? He ruins Cameron's relationship with his parents. And there's a a deep take that I have in my fact that's dark as fuck and with dealing with Cameron's parents. He proposes to his girlfriend as a joke. And from someone that's done it, before I got married, you don't want to do that. <laughs> um, his he forces his best friend into catatonic state. He we mentioned he commits identity theft. He's ungrateful, like you said, Leo. He squanders his talents because you can tell he's a talented kid, but he feels like it's not worth it. I think he gets the principal killed and fired. Um, where does he get all this money to do all these things throughout the day? That's another big question. His family seems pretty well off though, because both his parents <laughs> used to like have pretty pretty good jobs enough, enough to the point where they're like so distracted from his day to day like life. Yeah, I think yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's so many reasons you can sit here and say yeah, he is a terrible person, and I think Leo and I got some laughs when we said he's one of the worst movie characters of all time. But like, there is a lot of reasons. Your hot take comparing him to like you guys, you guys comparing him to Zach Morris was like on point. Like, yeah, they have they're very similar people. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think who's worse? Do you think as a person? Morris. You think Morris? Why do you think that? Because he took advantage of everyone. He made like all the girls go into bikinis, like shit. At least everything that Bueller does, you can get away with a little bit more nowadays. Everything that's acted, you cannot get away with nowadays. Yeah, that's true. And I will say, I I think my main reason, before we go to Leo on this, I think my main reason for Ferris being such a terrible person is that he never really wants anything. I think he just is more instinctive and just wants to like take advantage of people rather than actually do something. So that's kind of like my main take. But what about you, Leo, Uh, on the whole Zach Morris thing? Uh, it's funny. I, they both exhibit the same type of like disregard for their people around them to get what they want. Um, I do think that maybe Zach at least learned more, maybe because he had more exposure to all the different things he learned. Even though, like, even when he learned about his freaking Native American heritage, that went terribly wrong too. That episode was not. That went, you don't rewatch that went that bad. One. Yeah, that went so bad. I, it's uh, they're both pretty. They're both pretty selfish people. Yeah. Uh, at least Zach is governor now. On the at least say by and the it's funny because I was thinking about like if you can think about what happens to, to Ferris Bueller after this movie, you can tell he's probably going to get a good job and he's probably going to shit on his underlings and get them to do whatever he wants them to do. And it's like I don't think he's ever going to learn his lesson. I think his his life was pretty much going to be pretty smooth. Yeah, I think Ferris turns out to be a corrupt businessman somewhere. That's kind of where I'm at. All right, cool. So let's finish off with some Ferris facts, some facts about the movie as a whole. Uh, So number one, the idea of a sequel had gone around for years with Ferris in college, 
or on the job somewhere, but the idea was dropped. Matthew Broderick felt that the film did not need a sequel, that this film was about a specific time and place that we'd like to revisit, but didn't need updating. I actually think this could be a good Netflix series. Do you guys agree? Like a follow-up. Mm-hmm. Oh, like a Cobra Kai deal. Yep, something like that. I dig it. I, I dig that, yeah. This is a fun one. Cindy Pickett and Lyman Ward, who play Ferris' parents, actually got married in real life after filming the movie. What? Yep. And then they were divorced in 1992, so it did not last long. There you go. That makes more sense. Okay. <laughs> Number three, John Hughes and Ben Stein, who had a degree in economics, was told to present an actual economics lecture in his scenes. Hence, nothing Stein says aside from the roll call is scripted. My favorite part of that thing is do voodoo economics. Voodoo <laughs> economics. I don't know why that makes me chuckle, but I fucking die every time I watch that. This is so clever. It's so great. Um, number number f- four here. Even though they played siblings, uh, Matthew Broderick and Jennifer Grey would later become engaged after this movie. Tra- tragically, mm. approximately a year later, after Broderick finished filming Big Bilixie Blues, and before Grace premiere and Dirty Dancing, the couple were involved in a fatal crash in Ireland where the passengers of the other vehicle, mother and daughter, died. Oh. Crazy. That um, got dark. Number five, and this is the casting what if of the year. Even though I'm, I think Mia Sarah is one of the lookers of the 80s, I think she's gorgeous. Um, yeah. So I'm guessing, John, I'll let you guys take a guess. It's a John Hughes movie. Who did Mia Sarah beat out to play? Please Sl- don't tell me that freaking Molly Ringwald was considered for this. Yep. Oh, come on. Yeah. So according to John Hughes, she uh, had the elegance. And according to Ringwald, John wouldn't let her do it. He said that part wasn't big enough for her. Because this was after Breakfast Club. So she exploded. So I can see both. But I, could, I, I don't know. I like Mia Sarah in it. But Molly Ringwald would have been, been interesting, I think. Yeah. Um, after working together on uh, Weird Science, John Hughes offered Bill Paxton the role of the garage attendant. Paxton turned it down because he felt the role was too small. He admitted that he regretted turning it down because Hughes never offered him another role again. Oh, damn. <laughs> Shade. Um, according to an Inside Story 1986 documentary, Charlie Sheen's character's name is actually Garth Volbeck. There was going to be a whole backstory to his character and family. It was also revealed that the Volbecks are the family to whom Ferris's mom was showing the house uh, at her job as a realtor. If you look closely at the tow truck uh, that towed Rooney's car, it's from Volbeck Wrecking, Wrecking Service. Mm. So the family has like a stay, uh, like a stay in town. Next up. Now, another casting what if. Alan Ruck is, is like, iconic as Cameron. Do you guys want to take another guess at who another Hughes alum was going to play Cameron? Oh, I can't think wow. of anyone. Is this someone from Breakfast Club? Yes, it is. Oh, my gosh. Is it the guy with the long hair? The, the... Not Bender. No, not Bender. Oh, not Bender? No. Damn. Emilio Estevez. Oh, shoot. Yeah. he uh, Estevez turned it down. Every time I see Emilio, Alan Ruck said, every time I see Emilio, I want to kiss him and tell him thank you. Imagine that, Emilio and, and his brother in the movie together. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. They do have movies together. Do you think that would have yeah. worked, though, as Cameron, Emilio? I don't like it. I don't like it too much. Yeah, no. same here. Uh, next up, the Cubs game depicted in the movie 
that Ferris and his friends attend was an actual game played against the Atlanta Braves on June 5th, 1985. My birthday. Shoot. All right. I love, I love, like I said, love, love casting what ifs. Ferris Bueller. Matthew Broderick was the first choice, but do you know who was considered? Think 80s. Any guesses? Is it all, also alum from? No alums, actually. Ooh. But I, I, I like it, but I think that Matthew Broderick was the perfect Ferris. So we need someone that's like this, like yacht, young, like uh, alpha male, pretty boy. Yeah, and I don't hate any of these. Usually, I there's, <laughs> he was one. He is one of them. Yes. Um. Uh, so I have no idea. All right. So Rob Lowe, ooh, John Cusack, Jim ooh. Carrey, Johnny ooh. Depp, Tom <clears throat> Cruise, and Michael J. Fox. Wow! All those. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, Michael J. Fox would have never worked because it was right after Back to the Future. So that would have been. You know what's funny? Any one of those would have had a different element of like likability to yep. the Ferris character, too. Agreed. Um, number 11 here. We talked about Ferris skipping school and not giving a fuck. However, despite his frequent absences, Ferris is actually an excellent student. Uh, there is a report card that shows that he got an A, A minus, A, A, B plus, respectively, and his GPA is 3.814. Nice. Leo, Leo. So he's a smart kid after all. I don't know, man. We already saw how easily he hacked into his attendance records. Do we really trust those grades? <laughs> <laughs> um, last couple here. So Anthony Michael Hall turned down the role of Cameron also. So he would not that be. Been a, that that would have been fantastic. That would have yeah. been a good one. Yeah. To, to avoid being typecasted because I think he did all of his. Uh, um, all of the Hughes movie he's in, he kind of plays the same character. Another Cameron. This one would did this one uh was turned down, but he did audition for it because he was but he was turned down because he was too old. John Candy hmm. as Cameron. Wait, really? Yep. He auditioned. How old was John Candy for this? Oh, he must have been in his late twenties at the wow. time. Yeah. Um according to John Hughes, the scene at the Art Institute of Chicago was a self indulgent scene of mine, which was a place of refuge for him. I went there quite a bit. I loved it. I knew all the paintings, the building. There was a chance for me to go back into this building and show the paintings that were my favorite in the museum. So, And I think, despite being self-indulgent, I do like that scene a lot. Uh, last couple. According, uh, Cameron's wearing a Detroit... Remember I mentioned the jersey. So Cameron's wearing a Detroit Red Wings hockey jersey is actually an insight to his character. While this film was made, the Red Wings are the worst team in the league with an embarrassing win record Cameron wore a Red Wings jersey to show not only is the characters a lovable loser down on his luck but even the teams he roofed for are losers oh that's so good that's that when I read that because I did I've always had that same concept of like why is he wearing a red skin red Red Wings jersey in uh in Chicago but when I found this out I was like oh my god it makes sense and then last three uh, there is a theory, and I want to get your guys' take on this. There is a theory circulating the internet that Ferris is just a figment of Cameron's imagination. The theory states that although Cameron wants to be more adventurous and rebellious, he is afraid to do so, and he creates Ferris to subject, you know, to counter that imagination. What do you think? This is not Fight Club. This is not. <laughs> <laughs> right, fan, not a fan. I mean. I I could 
I can't see it, but it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, in the scene by the swimming pool where Alan Rook's character finally snaps out of the catatonic state and embraces the situation after pushing Cameron, uh, let me see, Matthew Broderick throwing me as there into the pool. Uh, the scream was surprise was a surprise and genuine shock because uh, the it she was not supposed to be pushed into the pool. So that was that scream was genuine shock. All right, last two. The license plate says on the red Ferrari, "Nervous." Oh shoot! And finally, I mentioned that this this went dark. According to Alan Ruck, in one version of what happened. After the movie end, Cameron's father comes home and kills him by throwing him out of the window and Ferris and Sloan get married and then divorce. Wow. <laughs> Which that yeah. remind the yeah. first thing I thought of when you just said that was the original ending of Clerks. Yeah, when Dante gets killed, yeah. Yeah. That's the first thing that popped in my head. I I read that and I was like, yo, like this is some dark ass fucking shit. Although I mean, I wouldn't kill my son, but like it's one of those situations where you're like, yo, that's like a $100,000 Ferrari that you just said, you know, we're going to destroy out the window. So I I think it would have been an interesting conversation there. But yeah, the movie gets gets dark. And I do I do agree with the divorce. I do see them getting divorced. I don't see them lasting. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. So that wraps everything up for this week. This was a fun one, guys. A lot more talk on news, but I think we did a good discussion on the movie as a whole. Uh, next week, I think we are actually going to continue our looks at. Yes, we are actually. Birdcage, gonna... right? Yes, we are going to look at one of my favorite comedies of all time, The Birdcage, as it turns twenty-five, and a movie that Robin Williams is good, but Nathan Lane is better. Until. Until then, see you at the movies, kids.